What, you didn't think we were going to podcast without music and mindfulness, right? Right in with the music today, my friends. So that was Skinny Love, a song written by American musician and songwriter Justin Vernon. It was originally released uh, by the indie folk band Bon Iver, of which Vernon is a member. That was 2007. And then a cover version by the British vocalist Birdie was released in 2011. Both versions of Skinny Love charted internationally and have been featured in multiple television and film soundtracks. I love singing this song, and of course, I love to add lyrics, and I wanted to inspire you right from the get-go to have that love affair with your life. But to podcast episode 102, that's where we're headed, and today we're going to discuss the difference between guided imagery and meditation, so let's dive in. Welcome to Viral Mindfulness, the podcast. I am your host, Alexander Blue, spiritual coach and your creative muse. Hey, my soul sisters, my soul sibling, how are you? I'm so grateful to have your presence again today. For all of you that have connected and reached out and engaged through email, through social media, and in person via phone or here in Orange County, I'm ever so grateful for your assistance. So today we're going to break down some of the different models, guided imagery, visualization, meditation. I'm going to give you a little bit of perspective from my understanding. I'm also going to share with you my very first guided imagery, meditative sort of experience when I was 18 years old. Oh my gosh, you're going to love it. I also want to share with you, I've been asking people online and setting up calls where I've discussed with people their meditation practice and asked the question, what is your biggest frustration? And I wanted you to hear the list of answers to put the roadblocks, the obstacle thoughts, the fear, the feelings, anything that's keeping people who want to practice meditation from doing so, I don't want you to feel alone. I also am going through the same practice. I've been meditating for 15 plus years and it still is a daily practice. And so you're not alone and I want you to hear it. So thank you for all of you that responded. I love it because today I'm recording and it's raining outside. We've had so much rain this winter. It's such a blessing and I accept it wholeheartedly. We live in a desert. We have huge drought issues in the state of California. The fires last year were so crazy and intense. 
And most important, what it means for spring is we have a super bloom. Oh, two years ago, we had a super bloom and it was amazing. So definitely keep your eyes on my Instagram account because I will be heading out to the desert and other spots in SoCal to show you the super bloom. And we'll finish this episode with three action steps to get you jump started over the next seven days. For those of you that haven't listened to episode 101, it might be worth your interest. I offer three exercises, one from my spiritual teacher, Adi Ashanti, online, two-part question to help you clarify your aspirations, then the second exercise, Stephen Pressfield, interesting. He's a huge engineer of creativity, writer, screenwriter, and his seven principles of resistance give some interesting qualities to understand perhaps about how you approach your meditation. I found it very helpful. And third, I take you on a 60 second diving into a meditative state to drop in from your head to your heart to check in about whether this is the season in your life to be meditating. Because you don't have to learn how to meditate. You don't need to do something with it. This is one of those areas that might be totally different than most parts of your life, where it's about curiosity, it's about investigation, it's about practice, it's about being. And so check it out if you haven't. And for those of you that are here for 102, here we go. Today's episode is sponsored by Viral Mindfulness Monday. One winter day while running along the ocean, I thought... Wouldn't it be awesome if I sent a spirit-centered email to my people on Mondays with a mindful suggestion? And so it began. Your support, your questions, your insights, ahas, and heartfelt emails quickly stole my heart. Soon we were achieving powerful practice and synchronicity together through email. You are my tribe, and I claim each one of you as you subscribe. I bring you into the circle of my heart to teach and elevate with mindfulness. So I'll trade awesome mindfulness challenges for your email address. Join my tribe. It's called Viral Mindfulness Monday. Here's what Tracy has to say about Viral Mindfulness Monday emails. I love your weekly letters from the heart, Alexander. Very touching and grounding. I love inversions in yoga. And as one of my teachers says, we need to view life from a different perspective. You are my Monday inversion. Tracy, I am tickled with that metaphor. So if you want to subscribe, head over to viral mindfulness forward slash subscribe. I would love to be your Monday inversion. For today's conversation, I would love to invite you to use a different set of ears for listening. Don't get caught up in thinking, oh, this is all or nothing. This is the way, the light, and the truth. I would love for you to pretend like you're listening to poetry. When you listen to poetry, there's there's a lot of visual metaphors. Not Everything isn't concrete. Poetry uses very few words to imply lots of information. So listen from your heart, not your head. There's no right or wrong way to do this. I'm going to give you different types of meditation, visualization, imagery to help you get a general understanding about those. And this is my understanding. It's my opinion. Uh, it's something I've learned personally and professionally. However, 
meditation, mindfulness, imagery, there's a lot of entry points. So be open-hearted and let's go through some of these specifics. Let's start with guided imagery since that's where I started as a clinical social worker. I trained with one of the pioneers of guided imagery. Her name is Belruth Naperstack and healthjourneys.com is where you can learn more about her. Guided imagery, sometimes you can think of it as guided meditation, visualization, mental rehearsal, guided self-hypnosis. And Bell Ruth Naperstack says it's a gentle but powerful technique that focuses the imagination in proactive, positive ways. So, for example, let's see an athlete is trying to achieve pro status on certain points. They might visualize running at a certain speed or diving in a certain way or a skater. Um, I've visualized at different points in my life, you know, what it looks like in a future state to be doing something to be, oh yeah, I remember when I was taking my uh, licensure for my LCSW back in like 2007, I, I did meditations the week prior as I was studying information that I would go in and I visualized myself going in to take the test for four hours, being calm, being mentally clear, alert, uh, confidence, uh, a, a mental status that was connected to what I had studied. Uh, another example, at one point I was using guided meditation to tap into my body with regards to HIV. And in 2003 is when I was diagnosed with HIV. And for those first seven to eight years, there, there was a lot for me to get used to. And I used meditation, uh, guided imagery is what we're talking about. Sorry. I used guided imagery to imagine my body responding to the medications, to imagine my T cells doing certain things, my immune system doing certain things. For example, you might be going into surgery and you want to visualize. So think of some of that for guided imagery. Bell Ruth also says that since it's called visualization, <laughs> visualization, mental rehearsal and mental imagery, these terms can be misleading. Guided imagery, she says, this is a quote, involves all the senses, not just the visual sense, which is a good thing, she thinks, since only 50% of the population is strongly wired visually. It's experienced throughout the body, not just mentally. And because it catalyzes a naturally immersive altered state, it is rightly called a form of self-hypnosis as well. Guided imagery is a form of meditation and can be used interchangeably with the term guided meditation. I think it's important to acknowledge too that meditation for a lot of religions and other cultures is going to have a specific set of um, connected parts to meditation. So here's some ideas about meditation and mindfulness. So you could think of meditation as a practice where you're usually using the technique as mind of mindfulness to be present, to pay attention, focusing your mind on a particular object. For example, the breath, um, for example, uh, a certain sound or a, a mantra that you're making. Um, and your, your training in meditation, your attention and your awareness. And sometimes people in meditation are looking to achieve a certain state of mind 
or to stop thought. So there's a lot of different focuses you could take in meditation. Um, for me, meditation at this point in my practice right now is really rooted in not trying to quiet my my thoughts, to not cure anything, uh, to not be involved in any sort of task, but to simply observe um, and be here in the moment. So it's kind of a Vipassana sort of mindfulness meditation where my goal is to sit still for 30 minutes. That's how I do it right now. Start to finish. Now, do not think you need to do 30 minutes, five minutes, two minutes, three minutes. That is amazing. When I switched to 30 minutes, my ego went bananas. I went from 20 to 30 about a year ago. It was a very difficult shift for me. And so don't get caught up in that. Wherever you start is perfect for your journey right now. And so where I am is start, there's a start moment and then there's an end. And I, I take out my iPhone and I start the timer for 30 minutes. I turn my phone on silent so no one calls in or no notifications. And then with that on silent, the timer still goes off. So I know I can stop. And this may seem like something very duh, no brainer, simple, but here's your first action step for today. Whatever you decide to do, however you do it, get your phone out, turn it on silent, set the timer for three minutes and set it down. And that's the beginning. And then it will notify you when it's over. I'm telling you that simple step will make such a difference. I was recently talking to a client who had hired me to help her with meditation. And we were talking about this very technique. And she was blown away with the simplicity. She's like, duh, of course, that makes so much sense. Because otherwise, you're fighting with time. And that's a big barrier to getting into the practice, your relationship with time. So where I'm at in my 30 minutes is a Vipassana sort of mindfulness where I'm looking to just stay present, to not go into the past or the future, to bring myself continually back. And at times I'll do different ways to do that. I'll focus on my breathing. Um, I'll open my eyes, which is a new thing for me. I always did closed eye meditation and being open eyed reminds me I'm here and now I'm not in some altered state. I'm not in the future. I'm not in a visualization. I'm here. And that's how I'm doing mine right now. You're welcome to take any of this and practice where you need to be at this time. And don't forget where you are right now today is the perfect place. And remember, you're not doing it wrong. That is a lie. Lies to the back seat. <laughs> we don't talk about that conversation. This is about being and practicing and it's exploratory it's curious it's fun an interesting point with meditation could be in tradition it has been used for numerous religious practices and groups as a path of enlightenment or self-realization and i love that because for me I shared last week how suffering was something I thought meditation could help me get rid of or uh, that sort of model. And what has showed up for me recently in the last year is staying with Adi Ashanti's two-part question about what do I aspire for with my practice. For me, it's about truth. I have this desire to do the truth, to be real, 
And which is great because that beautiful quote, and I'll put it on a quote card for you to have, you know, meditation isn't the truth. Mindfulness is not the answer. Mindfulness is revealing truth to you. All of these topics that I share with you, it's about that concept that I love from Adi Ashanti. Mindfulness is about revealing truth to you. Creativity, painting, playing music, revealing truth. I love being truthful. Uh, I want to be better at it and I'm working on it. So that's some of my focus at this point. Meditation can also be used with a specific focus or aim like reducing stress or working with your anxiety or depression or pain or increasing states of mind, peace or perception or self-concept and well-being. In the West, meditation techniques have sometimes been thought of in two broad categories, focused or concentrative meditation and open monitoring or mindfulness. So I was just sharing with you about my mindfulness. Think of focused attention, you know, paying attention to the breath, an idea, a feeling, oh, loving kindness or meta practice. I've been doing a lot of that in my recovery work. Part of me being uh, sober and working in recovery is I'm continually uncovering places where I feel anger and resentment since those can be very um, huge stumbling blocks to for me to reach back for drugs uh, to cope. And so loving kindness or meta practice with compassion is very interesting where I'll take into my mind's eye or circle and, and visualize the person I'm feeling very angry or resentful towards and bring them into my awareness. You could also work in focused attention methods with a koan or a mantra. Um, the open monitoring or mindfulness methods, I gave you some ideas about that. Some people will practice using both methods and no thought, that's an interesting one. I did that for a couple years where I was really trying hard to go to a place of no thought and that was kind of the goal was to have a transcendent sort of experience with no thought there are all kinds of uh, specific states of mind that people reach for with meditation it could be reaching for a, a journey I mean people could also be using psychedelic plant-based medicines or psychedelic drugs to achieve heightened states and all of these are pathways to practice. Where I'm at currently is very basic, where I am not trying to do anything. I've tried a lot of those. I've had meditations with ayahuasca, with um, plant-based uh, peyote. And uh, so all these things are out there for you. Uh, and for me, I've come to this awareness that being very present in a very non-altered state where I'm letting my mind, well, I'm training my mind. That's really a big part of what I'm doing is I'm practicing and training my mind. I was reading in the Yoga Sutras over the weekend and the idea was suggested in the third part about practice that for a lot of time in the beginning when you're meditating, it's about concentration and you'll be concentrating and focusing 
to get to a place of meditation. That was kind of the talk and the suggestion from the commentary. And I found that really beautiful because, you know, think about how we live. Think about the distractions, the pings, ding, 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 notification, you're online, you're scrolling, you're looking, touching, 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 touching. Our minds are used to chasing. They want shiny things. They need entertainment. And so the flip side could be a place of simply sitting still and being. And if you were to do that for a period of days or years to counterbalance the antithesis, which is how you live and move, how we live and move so rapidly with so much technology, so far from nature, the rhythm of the earth, the rhythm of the sky, the rhythm of Mother Earth. We're not sleeping on the ground, most of us. We're not touching the river. We're not growing our food. We can be so removed. And so meditation for me now has become part of a way to train my mind to concentrate and learn to focus and, of course, the benefits that are there. And we will get into so many benefits. I want to finish up right here with simply saying self-transcendental meditation. There's lots of ways to be in techniques with that. And I think that's it. So from here, I want to quickly share with you a couple ideas of benefits and where we're headed um, in a future podcast episode. Bell Ruth Napperstadt gives a quick list that I'm going to simply share with you here. She is sharing that after 40 years of guided imagery, and that's her specialty, she was an actor, she's a very vibrant woman and clinical person. Imagery work, it has shown research, less than 10 minutes of hypnotic guided medita meditation can reduce stress, blood pressure, cholesterol, and hemoglobin A1C levels in the blood. Next point, it can heighten short-term immune cell activity and can speed up healing from fractures and burns. Next point, it's been shown to reduce blood loss during surgery and opiate use after it. Guided imagery lowers anxiety and pain. It increases athletic mastery at skiing, skating, shooting, golf, tennis, and skill and confidence at writing, acting, singing, test-taking, public speaking, it increases purposeful weight loss and smoking abstinence, and it has been proven invaluable during medical procedures like chemotherapy, radiotherapy, ventilator weaning, biopsy, and dialysis. And last, regular, regular use of guided imagery can heighten access to emotional depth, humor, responsiveness to music, spirituality, intuition, creativity, abstract thinking, and empathy. Amazing. Sign me up for all of that. And truth be told, my tribe members, I have experienced so much transformation over my journey. I recommend meditation and mindfulness as a very strong consideration to, to really be a human at this point and have well-being. It's not an all or nothing, but it's definitely something I professionally would say, hey, this is one of the top three things I would consider if I were you. <laughs> My gunkle and me. Hello? Hello. 
Is this Parker Smith? It is. Parker, it's Alexander. I called to do a segment of My Uncle and Me. Hello. Can we sing the intro for my my people, my tribe? Yeah, Five, six, course. seven, eight. My, my uncle and me. me. Woo! Woo! Head tilt to the left. Head tilt so, to the left. We were just talking, my nephew and I, Parker, and oh, by the way, people around me were all taking names of Blue because I'm I've started the House of Blue. So my name is Mr. Blue or Alexander Blue or Baba Blue. And so tell everybody what your blue name is. My blue name is Prince Blue or Papa Blue. Papa Blue for Paco Blue. Anyway, we were just talking, and I just wanted to get this segment going on my podcast, which is just me and my awesome nieces and nephews. So Parker and I were having this conversation that we thought you should know about. It's totally irreverent. It's totally funny. (laughs) Do you want to start it? Anyways, I will start. Yeah. We were talking about how there's so much bullshit in this world, but that's such a harsh word. So we came up with bullshit. Bullshit. Yes, but said that because like if you when I worked in the restaurant industry and waited tables, bruschetta. Tonight's appetizer is bruschetta. So then I'm thought perfect. Would you like to have a starter of bruschetta? You want a little side of bruschetta because life is full of bruschetta. <laughs> Which is totally totally relevant in this day and age. Totally relevant. But the question is, like, what do we do with the bruschetta when we get it, when they bring it to our table? <laughs> we throw it on the ground. We throw it on the ground. I smother it all over myself and say, I am friends with the bruschetta. Bullshit is my greatest teacher. But then we took it a step further. Where did we go then? <laughs> you tell them where you went, and I'll tell them where I went. How about that? I was so tired of the bruschetta that I, I just wanted the truth. So there's truthsetta. See, Prince Papa Blue went to Trusheta, and where did I go? Oh, yeah, right down the drain, because I am totally the gungle, and I'm a bad influence, and so I went to the Pusheta. <laughs> and, for, and for those of you who need a reference, you could go all the way back to Sex in the City with Samantha, with Samantha, and when she had a lesbian experience for the t- first time, and she was with a woman from Colombia, and she called it her pusetta. So, yeah, if you need some pusetta, that's fine, too. But the trusetta, and then where did we go? We had, oh, yeah, we had to give honor. Parker gives honor to me being a gay gunkle. So what about the pinacetta? <laughs> that was your idea. Well, you brought up pusetta. Yeah, but see, that's what's so cool about you is that you always give space for me and me being gay, which I so appreciate. Thank you for that. Always will. So do you have um, anything that you want to tell my tribe member? Today we're talking about the difference between guided imagery and meditation. (laughs) Do you have any insight? Or do you want to tell them something else about yourself or your your music or your new phone? I did get a new phone, but I would just like to say that Alexander is the best ever. And it's taken him a long time to get here, but the best Alexander that anyone will ever know is finally here. 
Oh, my gosh. I didn't call for that, but that is amazing. And that's why my gunko and me is here because these kids, they're not kids anymore. They are like the only thing I have that are like closest to a child. Thanks, Parker. And just for that, he has solidified a secret spot. I have a friend named Jude, and he and I get together and practice music. We're having an all Joni concert, and Parker has officially passed the audition. We sent a video to Jude, and Jude and I have invited him to come to our next singing session. And I'm going to win a million dollars. Do you know that all the girls in the family are going to be so jealous? They want to come hang out with Jude and I, but they can't. Nope. Just for you, Pop Pop Blue. Great guys only. Straight guys only. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, thanks for joining me today for my Gunkle and me. So that's our brief breakdown for this week. Now I want to share with you people's responses to what's your biggest frustration with meditation. So Kristen says, I usually fall asleep. She also says, I'm not relaxed enough. My thoughts turn to my to-do list. Jody says the same thing there. Sherry, finding the right time to do it. I live alone. Um, I have a few minutes where my pub wants to play and I usually indulge with her. Barbara says, I don't believe emptying my mind is good for me. This is a common myth in meditation as pointed out by another comment. And this is from Dina. And then uh, they asked Barbara, what was this, this myth of hers about emptying her mind not being good for? And she was able to reveal a little bit more and said that she's a Christian and she believes that renewing her mind and filling it, it needs to be with the truths of Christ and emptying her mind makes a playground for the devil. And she believes that minds are sacred and designed with a purpose. Dina comes back, uh, doesn't come back. She responds with some more information saying, that's, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing. She's reading Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, and he relates a lot of his teachings to the Bible. He talks about being present and aware and how the Bible is teaching people to use their minds. So far, it's more about being present than meditating. Jennifer says, uh, having a healing space, she always seems to have piles of something to do. Then she feels like she has a chore. She has chores to do instead of just settling in. She also says time is a factor. She wakes up at 5 a.m. and her day is packed full. And so in order to schedule in quiet time with journaling and prayer, meditation usually gets skipped over. CJ says it's difficult to quiet her mind. Um, other people can also relate to that. Uh, Kaya says, I rely on guided meditations because I don't know how to do it any other way. Rebecca says guided meditations can be just as powerful as sitting meditation on your own and they lead you into your, they, they can lead you into your own practice. Carrie says she falls asleep while meditating. She's tried guided meditation as well and she still falls asleep. She says she thinks it's because she has three kids. Amen, Carrie. Bless your soul. Taking care of three amazing children. Um, Dina asked, do you come, do you meditate sitting up on a block or a pillow or do you lay down? Um, she says she can't lay down because she'll fall asleep. 
and Carrie comes back with, I'm either laying down or sitting up. Even the sitting up puts her to sleep. Um, Webley says she just has, has a difficult time being able to start. Uh, Beth says she's not sure what to do or how to do it. Isabel says consistency, being consistent is her biggest frustration to build that habit of meditation. Um, consistency again. Oh, Josh says no discernible benefit. He doesn't understand or have any discernible benefit for meditation. Um, oh, Jennifer says she doesn't really have any. She meditates and she, at least once a day, sometimes more. And she uses guided meditations and she's great with that. And that brings me to one of my other users, Steph, who said the same thing. She couldn't even relate to the fact that we were talking about frustration with meditation. She said, is there even such a thing? Victoria says she daydreams and her mind wanders. Michael also agrees with that. Finding the right time where I will be free from distractions Teresa says her posture, her back hurts. She asks if that's weird. No, Teresa, not weird at all. Michael says this also happens to him. He can never get comfortable. Brio also says the same thing. Some people here are suggesting sit in a chair instead of sitting on the floor. Consistency in doing it, my racing mind, Leah says. Making time for it, Whitney says, and feeling like I have other things that I could be doing. Haley says I get distracted or bored. Diana says sitting still for an extended period of time is hard when you have 1,000 things to do. Amy says, yeah, slowing down is a sore spot for me. Oh, I love it. Kristen offers an idea here. She says, like, in the long run, it will make you more productive. I couldn't agree with you more, Kristen. Um, however, I feel like this is one of those, those compassionate conversations where, once again, where you are right now with your meditation is the perfect place to be. So Kimberly says consistency. Lara says making my brain shut up. Karina says frustration with quieting the mind. It seems to take a while, so she just gives up. Calvin says um, his dogs. Um, whenever it gets quiet, his dogs are barking. <laughs> Chantel, um, she's doing daily meditation. She loves it. Julie says she falls asleep. Larissa, I think my biggest frustration is that I think it's supposed to look a very specific way and it never looks that way for me. So there's some really interesting expressions. So if you can relate to any of those, know that you're not alone and know that there are a lot of these experiences going on for people. So due to time today, I'm going to postpone telling you my 18-year-old first experience with timeline therapy, which is one of these therapies that also uses kind of meditation, imagery, relaxation, where you're looking for something specific. I'm going to tell you all about that next time on episode 103. We're going to talk about when I was 18 years old and I did this guided meditation. And then I'm going to tell you about the very first time I really tapped into one of Bell Ruth Knapperstack's meditations when I was in grad school studying social work. And I will share with you what came up for me, my biggest fear. And I also had a few responses this week about fear being part of this quieting down, regardless of all of what I just shared from all of them that ultimately... There might be some big, undiscovered, vulnerable items that are keeping you from settling in. 
And one of those came up, which was fear. And so in the next episode, 103, we're going to, I'm going to talk about fear and we're going to talk about my two first experiences and it's going to be really great. So to finish up for today, I wanted to give you three action steps. Why don't you look at the next seven days? First step is the timer. I talked about it a little bit earlier. Get your phone, decide a time, three minutes, two minutes, five, 10, 20, 30, whatever it is, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that you just try it several times over your seven days. Every day, if you can, be kind to yourself. Have a beginning and an end time. Start the timer. Start and finish. Trust me, it will do wonders for you. The second item is perhaps you Google something you heard today. Guided imagery, guided meditation, breath meditation. Find something on YouTube even and sit down and try one for 10 minutes. Find a voice that you like, subscribe to an email, do something related to guided imagery or meditation this week that relates to what you felt and heard here as a potential next step for you. And finally, step three for your action for the next seven days. I created a free meditation of 10 minutes. That's all it is. And it will start with from my meditation nook in my house. I lit a candle. I use my singing bowl and my, my bell. And we go through and relax, pay attention to the breath. We get into your alignment. And we actually then connect with the earth and with the heart of the earth and mother earth and allow for energy to come up into you and and to just be part of that connection and then the coolest part we sit for three minutes at about five minutes and 45 seconds of this 10 minute meditation for three minutes we'll set sit next to onion creek i was in onion creek a couple of years ago and i recorded audio as the sun was rising it was a beautiful morning. I was on a hike and the sun was rising and I recorded the sound of Onion Creek. And that's where we can sit together for three minutes in the heart of this meditation. 10 minutes and it's free. And all you need to do is go to viralmindfulness.com forward slash free dash meditation. You can also find a nifty button up in the menu navigation on the right side of my menu that says free meditation. Download it. Get the copy try it. Do it a couple times. Do it every day for seven days. And then I would love for you to send me an email. Come to my website. For those of you that are part of my list, let me know how it's going for you. So that's all we have for today. Join me next time for episode 103, where we're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about my two experiences when I met one of my biggest fears. All my love to your next mindful moment. Namaste. Let me be your muse to music, mindfulness, creativity, and compassion over at my website, viralmindfulness.com. You can also find me regularly throughout the week over at Instagram. That's also at viralmindfulness.